Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo to all you Palmer fans. Where did you go, go, go? And welcome McBiggity Biscuit back to another episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast, where we talk all things Halo, which is ironic considering we've never done an episode on how often Beyonce's hit song Halo shows up in the YouTube results each time we all try and Google that shit. But that's another story for another time. We are back with episode 121. And today, we're getting spicy. I'm your host, Joshi Hargis, and normally this is the part where I'd introduce my buddy, my pal, and my friend. But the forces that be, let's just, you know, it's life, but let's just call it the banished, uh, has a splintered this week with Brian tearing it up on Delta Halo. Meanwhile, I'm stuck all the way over here ripping and roaring on Zeta Halo, guys. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's bull roar. But we said, no way. No how are we skipping another week. We are making this happen. So today we're going to be dishing out our honest thoughts individually toward Halo Infinite with me setting it up and Bat Dad Brian Bri 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 Bri, my friend, Frodo to my Sam, (laughs) coming in to knock it down. So I'm going to be starting off with my thoughts on the pre-release you know, uh, Halo Infinite before it came out, where I was at. Then I'm going to go into the story a bit, going to talk some multiplayer, and then close it out with the current state and my thoughts on it, and also just maybe looking ahead, some expectations uh, moving forward. So I'm going to go right into it, guys, uh, starting with the pre-release stuff. You know, it's funny. When this game was in production, before it was even really Halo Infinite, whatever it was, I was still on the Halo 5 train. I went back and revisited that game more than I did any other Halo. Like, every time a Halo game came out, I always kind of fell off. I mean, Halo 2 I was there for the most. But every other subsequent one that came out, I'd play it a bit. But then I'd eventually drop off, just moving into other things. And, uh, you know, I kind of... The, the friends I had to play that with, uh, with Halo as a franchise, kind of drifted in and out. I guess I was that way <laughs> for my other friends, too. But... Uh, with Halo 5, Brian, his brother Creighton, my cousin Justin, and usually one or two others always kind of found a way to kind of come back to Halo 5 multiplayer, uh, often with us kind of landing up some multiplayer. Not so much through split screen, obviously, we couldn't do that, but uh, just through bringing over TVs and setting up in Brian's house and stuff and playing on Xbox Live, which was a blast, but every time 
we came around to doing that, we always kind of talked about Halo and where it was at, where we were at with it. And there never really was a general sense of excitement for Halo moving forward. We speculated on where it might go, you know, what they might do with it, but we never really, there wasn't really a sense of excitement. And the biggest reason, to Brian's respect, which he'll talk more on this, I'm sure, um, was just because of how disappointed he was. And Brian being the Halo hype man, you know, that really brought us all down because, you know, he was going to be the guy we were going to look to to carry it forward. I mean, sure, I could still play multiplayer with a ton of people, but it was never going to be as fun without Brian. It was always going to be more fun having him there. So for me, that was a huge pull. And seeing Brian become disheartened for that time uh, was disheartening for me. So anytime the multiplayer stuff came back into the fold and we got interested, uh, I was excited. You know, and, and there was a part of me, I think, that wanted to see what the next Halo was going to look like. But, you know, it just felt so far off and we heard so little about it that I just got used to it. I just kind of moved on mentally and I thought, well, when it comes back around, it does. But also, what the hell are they going to do? And I also had, I, I'd say the biggest, biggest uh, problem I had was a concern that they were going to radically change up the multiplayer. Because I knew that even though the multiplayer was received well, the single-player content was not. And I didn't know how much they were going to take from Halo 5 and implement into future, you know, the future game and what they weren't going to do. You know, because you were, we were, I think we were all hoping, like, well, we hope they do something different with the story, but what do they do? It feels like they dug themselves in a hole. Even though I still, you know, I still kind of enjoy the story, but still. Uh, but with multiplayer, the more I played it, I mean, I loved it right away, but the more I played it, the more I thought, I don't ever want to have to say goodbye to you. Another multiplayer that has been a long-standing favorite of mine is Gears multiplayer, specifically the first one. It's not a diss on the other Gears, not a diss on their multiplayers, but the first one was where it was at for me with its multiplayer. And when they brought back the Ultimate Edition, I got another chance to, you know, a renaissance of getting to play that multiplayer, which, you know, you just don't really get with some games. And as uh, such, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I knew there would be an endpoint for Halo 5's multiplayer for me. And it's funny, since Halo Infinite has been out, I have not gone back to it and revisited it. So it kind of makes me sad when I think about that, but I love it so much to this day. It's, I think it's just always going to be my favorite Halo multiplayer. But, you know, I'm happy to say that uh, Halo or uh, yeah, Halo Infinite's multiplayer uh, definitely is, is close. It's up there. But more on that in a bit. Uh, first, yeah, so, I mean, going into this uh, Halo Infinite, you know, was just an interesting time. Uh, then they first announced that uh, sort of CG, I don't know, it wasn't really CG. I mean, it was just kind of that um, almost like a tech trailer, really, to kind of show off what they could do. And obviously there were clues in there. I mean, you know, the setting and everything like that. But um, I remember watching that trailer. And you see like a shot of a tent or something like that. And you see some of the animals. And I was like, what is this? But there was a small part of me was that, that thought, could this be Halo? What if it is Halo? And then it finally kind of peeled back the curtain. And we got to see that it was Halo. We got to see the helmets and everything. And I was like, oh, my God, Halo's back, Halo! And the hype just consumed me all in one moment. 
and then the you know the word spread across and it says Halo Infinite, but we didn't really have any other info. And at that point, I was like, ugh, because you know, guys, I'm honestly just so tired of CG trailers. I just I don't think I've ever liked them. You know, I can remember back in the day when, like, you had World of Warcraft CG trailers that were being passed around. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, they are cool as shit. You look at the older public CG trailers, they're dope as hell. But they just didn't really do much for me because, you know, I've had so many experiences where the final product turned out completely different. And it wasn't really a case of, like, mistrust, just more so, like, I don't need you to hype me to, to, sell, to give me a CG trailer to give, get me excited about this game. Just show me the game. You know, even if it's on some crappy state, <laughs> just give me an idea of what to expect, uh, to expect. I'll take it. So, you know, coming out of that, though, I was a little more little more interested, even though I was kind of underwhelmed not getting some kind of release date. I was still interested, you know, and then we get the uh, the trailer, I think, the following year. I get it mixed up, but it was the one where we see the pilot that I like to call Oscar Mayer, and, which is basically part of the opening of Halo Infinite's campaign. And I thought, oh, shit, is this really gameplay? You know, when he's like, when he goes into first person and you see Chief kind of come alive, so to speak. I was pretty damn hyped. And then once again, we don't really get anything concrete. And I was <laughs> I was like, damn it, come on. But granted, to be fair, at the time I was more interested in Cyberpunk. Because if I'm not mistaken, that was the same press conference that Keanu Reeves came out and they gave a release date. Even though that got delayed several times. But that was really more on my agenda. Halo being in the horizon was kind of nice because seeing it again reminded me that it's coming. You know, and I hated that I didn't know how soon. But Cyberpunk was looming enough in the distance that I had something to occupy myself. Meanwhile, you know, start getting excited for Halo again. And the wheels start turning. Now, I can't, again, I can't speak for Brian. I could be misremembering this. But I want to say at the time, Brian was seeing those trailers, and when I picked his brains about them, I think he was pretty much of the consensus that, like, these are cool, but, you know, I just, I'm still not there yet. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get excited for Halo again. He was still kind of level-headed, you know, he wasn't really excited by any means. So, it wasn't, it wasn't until Closer, you know, that we got, uh, that we got excited doing, between doing the podcast and then actually seeing gameplay footage. But um, then obviously, yeah, we started doing the podcast and that really got me more excited because we started to get a community. We started to get people and I thought this is neat because I feel like barely anybody that I know is into Halo anymore. Most of my friends see it as a past tense thing. You know, the prime years are in the past and nothing they do can really make it resurface and bubble to the forefront of pop culture like it used to be at one point. Which I understand, but man, people were just so jaded on Halo 5, and there was so much time without another Halo. I, I don't count Halo Wars 2. I mean, it's a great game, but I'm just, you know, in terms of mainline titles. But there was such a gap in time that, you know, that's all people had to remember Halo by. You know, that was the last impression. And it wasn't a good one. You know, most people would be like, yeah, the multiplayer was fun, but I think most people are like me. You enjoy the multiplayer. All the more when the campaign's fun and you had a good time with it because it lets you, the multiplayer lets you live in that world more. Yeah, you get to compete against people, but I have so many games where I could go compete against people. I play Halo's multiplayer not only because I love it, you know, and I love the, 
the shields, the opportunities for reversals and all that. But I love it because it's also in the Halo setting. So I didn't really have anybody excited for that. But as we're doing the podcast, we get more integrated into the Halo community and just the content creator stuff and whatnot and getting to meet a lot of you. So that became really cool. Then the wheels really start turning. Then we get to the gameplay and everything. And throughout that whole process leading up to the game's release, I know Brian and I were incredibly, incredibly excited for that game. And and even when the campaign got delayed, well, even when the game itself just got delayed, you know, we I like to think we were still pretty positive. We were still pretty excited despite, you know, how there were mixed opinions on the graphics during the gameplay reveal and stuff. But it was really fun seeing it come back around, you know, and even despite all the COVID delays, I mean, all the merchandise that they were trying to to sell and, and, and get going for this game just made it exciting, you know, seeing some people pop in the Discord that were saying, oh, I got, you know, I got the keyboard and mouse, or oh, I got the headset, or, you know, I'm getting this, uh, I don't know, you know, all just all the various shit that was coming out, you know, even when they had the Taco Bell promotion in like late 2020, it was just a fun time to really get excited about Halo again. I love that because to me, I mean, marketing sells me. I'm a simp for marketing. I'm not going to deny that shit. Like, you do that to me, That's you get me on that board, on that train, that's what sells me on these titles. I mean, I think back to every other Halo, you know, and particularly, like, obviously 3s, but everything subsequently that came after, all the promotional marketing that they did for these games just got you excited on another level than you could be for other games. I mean, I, I mean... Then you had, I mean, remember Skyrim's, a lot of the stuff they did for that and how exciting that time was. I mean, I can think of so many different launches that were all the more memorable because of the marketing, the time they spent, the money they spent on that stuff. So um, Halo Infinite, even though it was kind of splintered with the pandemic and the delay, uh, you know, overall, that was amazing. That was amazing. And uh, I kind of I kind of miss it because <laughs> I just, you know, there's not as much new Halo merch, but I, I wish there always was. Uh, my wallet feels differently, but... Not me. <laughs> but um, on to the story. So, you know, I don't think I ever really talked about this because I think after the game came out, it wasn't very long that I got COVID. And I was I was out for the first couple weeks. You go back and you look in the archives. Um, I wasn't there for the first couple episodes in the new year. I was out sick in bed. And it was awful. But... I did manage to beat Halo Infinite, but I never really talked about it. I think Brian put up with, I want to say Alex Haruspis. Shout out to Alex. Miss you, man, if you're listening. Um, I think they put up a video review on YouTube, but I don't think I ever really talked about it. And I got to say, I really loved it. But, you know, so much time has passed. The honeymoon phase is over. And I'm definitely at a point where I can say, like, to get the harsh things out of the way, I miss the set pieces. You know, when I first beat the campaign, you know, I started to realize, yeah, it doesn't really have any set piece moments aside from like the beginning when you're kind of, you know, more, it's more linear. You're not on uh, Zeta Halo yet. But uh, I, I don't know. I didn't really think too much of it, but it wasn't until after and the dust settled and I could really think about it. And I thought, you know, I love this for what it is, but I really, miss the set piece moments those memorable moments where you know you know you either look forward to or dread on legendary or in co-op or you know just when you're replaying in general you know or even just to go back to you know like you know how in mcc you can go to certain checkpoints i mean you just can't you don't really have that opportunity 
with Halo Infinite because there's no set piece stuff. But yet that's the trade-off to having an open world experience. And I always used to tell Brian, I used to tell him back in the day, I wanted a like 20-hour Halo game. I just wanted one. And they pretty much gave me that. Between all the collectibles, uh, it took me somewhere around 20-odd hours. And I loved every second of it. I never once felt bored. Traversing around with the grapple shot just made things amazingly uh, hilarious at times. And other times, just real fun, flat, fast, and fluid. Um, obviously, getting into the Warthogs, you know, and riding around with a lot of the, the Marines and stuff like that. And, and sometimes, <laughs> it was so funny having, you know, you call in like a Warthog and you have it drop on to a Marine on accident or on purpose, you know, but who's, who's, who knows? And that was hilarious. I mean, there were a lot of great moments in, in charging, you know, bases with the Marines just brought back those bungee feels. And this is the most kind of bungee-like experience I've ever gotten out of a 343 title. And I feel bad saying that because, you know, in one sense, they deserve to to kind of have their own spin on it. But they, you know, had them having done that with Halo 4 and 5 in a lot of ways, it was great to really see something that felt a little more classic, but in a modern way, you know, that, that felt like it was kind of building off of Halo 3 as opposed to everything that came after and trying to reinvent the wheel. Like, I'm glad that we have had that experience since they already took that chance and did that. Now I feel a lot more comfortable. The fact that this game kind of plays it safe. It doesn't really do anything super risque. And on one hand, I hate that. On the other hand, I love it, you know. So it's it's a nice experience overall. The thing that was interesting with me is that I, I don't know as much of the lore as pretty much all of you do. I get it on a real base level. You know, I don't, I, I've only read a couple of the books. They're a little bit more too serious, whereas I think my impression of Halo was a little bit more campy, you know, with that sort of bungee charm that's kind of infused in those first couple Halo games with the Marines saying stuff, some of the animations, um, that I, I don't feel like I get that out of a lot of other Halos. It gets progressively more serious, which isn't a bad thing for a lot of people. I don't want to say it's a bad thing for me, but it's definitely not as fun. I liked that campiness. I don't know. Had kind of a Starship Troopers meets like Aliens feel, you know, that I think I always just kind of loved and, and I, I miss. So, um, you know, going into this story, uh, I didn't really know what to expect. And I, I mean, I knew the Zeta Halo stuff. I knew, you know, all the speculation that was there through um, the Greg Bear novels, but you know, I myself was just like, well, I just, I just want to have fun, <laughs> you know, and whatever it is, I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy it, you know, cause I'm just happy to be back. I'm happy to be alive to experience it. But coming out of, uh, the campaign, I didn't really care for the Harbinger thing. I, I thought it felt like, like on one hand, it felt like they were recycling the an ancient evil awakens trope that was established in Halo 4 by basically bringing in a new ancient evil that awakens. And I was, I was like, come on, like, uh, I mean, I, in one hand, it's like, oh, well, it's not like I know how to write this better, but it just feels like a retread, you know, in a different way, under a different lens. But on the other hand, you know, I do like the idea that the, that the Harbinger's race, which I cannot pronounce, um, I like that they were out there, you know, during the time with the Forerunners and all that, and reading up on them more in that Halo Encyclopedia, which is amazing, uh, you know, that really gave me a, a bit of a fresh perspective on them. And it's really cool to think that you get to experience more, uh, you know, just more that was out there from that time. 
and it stands to reason, of course, there would have been more out there than just the forerunners and the precursors and, the, you know, all that, you know, just all the stuff and the humans at the time. It just, uh, I, I don't know, all that stuff. So I came, like, I'm in a weird place with it where I, like, I kind of hate it, but I kind of like it. But I think it's really ultimately going to depend on where they take it, you know, because, again, I don't know. And some of you guys listening to this are probably going to be, like, screaming at me. But it almost seemed like there was a bit of time travel. I mean, I, I know it's kind of left open-ended, right, at the end of the campaign. But I, I don't understand quite what's going on. So I'm really uh, going to try to reserve as much judgment as possible for once we get to see the full direction. Because I think for most of you guys, as fun as this campaign was, it didn't feel like we really got the full story. The Banished were sort of promoted as the bad, which... To be fair, they weren't. However, to play devil's advocate, that's also kind of what Bungie did with Combat Evolved. They promoted the Covenant, and the real big bad was the Flood. So, I mean, I like that in one sense, but I just, uh, I'm not gonna, not gonna lie, guys. I just wanted the Flood back so bad. I wanted to see them show up. You know, I felt like that was a reasonable expectation because we're going to another Halo ring. And I really wanted to see how 343 could handle the Flood because they never, like, I, I, they've never been fun to fight. And I can sit here and say, you know what, I do actually enjoy the combat with them, for the most part, in Combat Evolved. As annoying as it can be on the library with the rocket launchers, uh, I still kind of enjoy it. But I know the, the, the general consensus is that most people don't, and I get that. And, you know, the Bruce and Halo 2 weren't that fun to fight, and... and Future titles like Halo 3 and Reach, they were a bit more fun, but just weren't in Halo 2, and I don't think they really felt like they ever nailed it. So, you know, I came out of Infinite, and I thought, well, the Banished, it felt like they nailed. Like, I've never had more fun fighting brutes than in Halo Infinite. But I wanted to see them take a crack at the, the Flood, and I just wanted to see the Flood again. I thought, if you're pretty much going for a soft reboot, please just give me it back. Like, give me that back, too. And the one thing I wanted... I didn't get. And I get it in a way. I get it in a way. Maybe it would have been too on the nose. But as I'm progressing through the story, and there's some I, there's some line, I'm paraphrasing, but there's some line about how this discovery is, like, worse than the flood. And immediately, like, I sat, like, my controller dropped in my lap, and I just kind of, like, leaned back on my chair because I just, it felt like a confirmation that you're not getting the flood in this game. And I was super deflated in that moment. Like, ridiculously so. I was kind of mad. And I just thought, like, come on. Worse than the Flood? Like, <laughs> it's like this stuff is already established and you're trying to sort of... It's al It almost feels like a retcon, even though it's not. But I, I don't know. I mean, overall, though, I loved the weapon. I mean, yeah, she's attractive and everything like that. But it's it's not just that. It's I genuinely thought she was a great character. It was great to see sort of a more pixie... Um, energetic Cortana that wasn't as condescending but could also really stand up for herself and carry her weight and I just thought that was great like there was a lot of you to her whereas you know the Cortana in the other games like I like Brian said before on the podcast numerous times every time I play Combat Evolved I can still remember when I thought that she was turning bad but at little did I know that several games later she would turn bad you know and you're separated from her like uh, in Halo 3 for most of the time and stuff like that. So, like, I, I like, I've always really liked Cortana, but I've never had as big of attachment to her as everyone else. So the weapon was really the one that got me attached. And 
you know, I don't want to steal anything from Brian. I, I know we had a conversation uh, off air one time, and, uh, you know, for him it just felt like, you know, a replacement. Like, why couldn't you have just, you know, you, you can write anything, right? You can make anything work. Why couldn't you have not just found a way to make Cortana work and have her get back with Chief? And Brian didn't exactly put it in that in that term, but, you know, he was kind of frustrated with that a little bit. So, uh, and, I, and I get that sentiment, but, you know, I came out of it really liking the weapon. And uh, Oscar Mayer, you know, I, I, I'm kind of indifferent to him. I think he's got some great lines. I think he has one great scene in, in particular with Chief. It's the one where Chief, like, kind of, I think, kneels down and reassures him. But, um, you know, I was indifferent to him. It was nice to get another char- another human character, and thank God he was there to kind of help round out um, how quiet Chief can be, you know, and this dynamic he has with the weapon. But, um, yeah, I was indifferent to him. What I did really like, though, was getting to discover a lot of the other Spartans because, you know, the game is kind of barren in terms of the Infinity, the UNSC as a whole. So I, I didn't really uh, expect going in that I was going to see, like, Palmer Lasky, you know, Locke or anybody, you know. So the recordings and everything was a nice touch. It really helped make the world feel alive, even though you kind of know in one sense it's not, if you get my, if you get what I mean. But um, I really like the one scene when I can't remember the Spartan's name. I know some of you guys are saying it. But when Chief witnesses his death, you have to fight the one dude. You have to save, try to save him. And he's dying, and he's right. Chief's right next to him. And you can feel his heartbeat through the vibration of the controller. I had never experienced that in a video game before. Like, I'd never seen a, pro, like a use of the vibration like that. I was just blown away. And I didn't really ever hear people talk about that much. But that shit blew my fucking mind. It was super cool, one of the most standout moments because you could literally feel his life slipping away. And if you don't have the vibration on, the scene still lands, but you're not feeling his heartbeat, you know? So it was just a crazy moment, crazy moment. But taking over the Banished, um, that was really fun. I thought it was, you know, I don't really care for Eshram. It was really weird how Atriox shows up and whoops your ass in the opening cutscene, but you as a player never get a chance to fight him because he's killed off screen. And then the whole thing with Cortana and the Created, it's just kind of, you know, cookie cutter, wash the hands clean of, in a, you know, in the background. Um, and on one hand, like, I'm okay with that, you know. I'm pretty even keel with all that, but it was kind of a bummer, too. Like, why do I not get to really have a proper interaction with her again? Why do I not get to fight Atriox and, you know, really take it to him as a player? Because I wouldn't put up with that shit, you know. So, but instead I have to deal with Eshram and I mean that was fun don't get me wrong cool character I loved everything about the banished but you know it was also a bit underwhelming at the same time so I don't know you know I think Halo Infinite's campaign was a great jumping off point but you know it also had some things that were on the underwhelming side and I that's where I think they played it too safe and and who knows maybe if they did have the flood I would be saying the same thing you know, or I'd be complaining about the flood or something. Who knows? You know, can't always get what you want. And sometimes the things you want aren't always good. So, uh, I mean, but overall, I mean, if I had to put a letter grade on it, I'd say this is probably a B minus campaign. Like, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I'd probably give it like a good seven out of ten. And it, I mean, 
really honestly what's pushing it there is just the gameplay the gameplay is so much fun i think it's some of the best halo has ever been i mean they absolutely nailed the combat loop and just how thrilling it can be and kudos to joe staten for making sure that we were able to get the marines to travel with us and stuff like that because that right there like even before i knew that it really gave me a bungee feel and then you're playing that and you, you you know you remember that and you think about his influence on that and you're like holy shit like a bungee guy is what made this happen and it feels like a bungee experience so fucking cool fucking cool but uh onto the multiplayer when the multiplayer went free to play i got to say that was one of the worst days i've ever had in halo for me i was sitting in the living room and i'm watching the stream on Inside Xbox or whatever the hell it was. I'm talking to Brian on the phone while he's at work. And I got the volume up, right, so he can hear it. And there was rumors that day that it was going to be released, that they were going to announce that it was going to be free to play. They were going to drop it then and there. Both Brian and I were like, please don't do this. Like, this needs to release as a full package. Don't do this. And then they did. And, of course, I played it before I went to bed, and I played it in the subsequent, I think it was just a couple weeks before, you know, launch. But, especially now, with where people have been at with Halo Infinite in terms of the lack of content and stuff, I feel like some of that could have been subsidized a bit had you not released it early. Because they called it a beta, and it wasn't. uh, Not really. And I think people just got burnt out on it so fast because they didn't have the campaign to bounce off of. You just had the multiplayer, so people consumed that. And they leveled up. You know, there was all the feedback about the challenges and stuff like that. And, you know, it probably helped 343 kind of get some of that out of the way, you know, going into the game's launch and whatnot and coming out of Christmas break. But it just, um, that was a bummer for me, because I just don't like things really separately. And it was so weird, because I remember like a year prior, there was a rumor one day, that they were considering releasing those two as split entities. And Brian Gerard quickly came out on Twitter and was like, no, we're not doing that. Well, then a year later, that's essentially what happened. So, And I get it. Things change and whatnot, and, and a lot of people were excited, and I don't want to poo-poo on that. Uh, for me, i just much rather would have waited for the full game's release and had both be new experiences rather than be uh, familiar already with one. But the multiplayer itself is is some of the best I've ever played in any Halo. Honestly, it probably sits at number three for me. So I'd probably say Halo 5. I'd probably say Halo 2. No, I'd probably say Halo 2 out of nostalgia. Then I'd probably say Halo Infinite. Halo 3s would be next. Then probably uh, Halo Reach. Halo 4. And then Combat Evolved. And I'm sorry I'm not hating on Combat Evolved. I just don't feel like I'm any good when I play Combat Evolved because it always reverts to pistols, you know, which I get. Super fun, and it's got a lot of pluses to it. You know, we just did a Combat Evolved retrospective <laughs> talking about all that. But uh, Halo Infinite's multiplayer is just amazing. I mean, from the movement, the fluidity, I, it was nice to see some carryover from Halo 5s, you know. And when I first saw gameplay for it and saw that it wasn't going to be like Infinite, there was a part of me that was bummed, but there was enough there to look cool that got me excited. And it feels like, honestly, a mix between Halo 3 and Halo 5. Like the fluidity of Halo 5 toned down, but a lot of the classic feel that Halo 3 had. But both of those kind of combined in a more polished way. And I've really enjoyed that. 
Um, I've had a great time. I've been slowly working through. I went back and I, I did buy into season one. Or I'm sorry, season two. But I very quickly swapped back to season one, which is so cool that you can do that with the battle pass. They never expire. Huge plus. That's super consumer friendly. I love that aspect. And it's only $10. You can't go wrong with that. But I've been working through that um, using a ton of my uh, XP bonuses. Guys, I didn't realize I had over 40 of those. <laughs> like, there was a while where I was like, I'm going to save these up. You know, like how you would save ammo in a video game. But I was like, I looked at that and I saw that and I was like, I need to start using those. And then I started ranking up so fast. Like, double XP is banging. I love that shit so much. But uh, I just want to go over the maps real quick uh, before I close it out. I'm already going kind of long on this. But um, so Aquarius, uh, I love Aquarius as a map. This is honestly one of my most favorite maps, I think, in all of Halo, just simply for the symmetricality of it. Uh, it's great competition. There's a great choke point right away. You know, if you if you play Team BRs, you know, you're always constantly going to be looking at, uh, you know, across the way and trying to get a get some shots on the people, especially if you're playing, you know, SWAT. And I mean, this just great great environments and you know pushing on the sides when you're trying to do things like land grab great choke points in the bottom it's just got a lot of good choke point areas um you know and you got the camo in the middle and stuff like that i mean i really enjoy this map um aesthetically it's it's fine it's nothing special but i don't need it to be it just it's got that kind of like competitive edge to it that i think lockout had that i think guardian had um and i'm not necessarily saying it's on the same level but uh still pretty damn good uh next up is bizarre I haven't played Bazaar in so long. I don't know what's up with the uh, rotation cycle, but I like Bazaar a lot, but I get my ass beat on it every time. I get my ass beat every single damn time. I feel like I can't go anywhere on this map without someone having the edge on me, but I always try to push rocks. I always try to push rocks every time I can get. You know, and every time I get my ass beat by someone who has rockets, I sit back on my chair, and instead of getting upset, I'm like, okay, that's good. That's good. One shot, one shot less. One shot less in the ammo, you know, <laughs> like it's like as if I did it. A fa I did my team a favor by dying there, uh, but uh, it's good map, great aesthetics, um, and I I just love the uh, the new Mombasa look to it, and I just it's got a lot of you know little Easter eggs on there. That I just think it's so cool. It feels a bit like a bungee map in a way, and you know overall these maps are just the best that three four three I think has ever done. There's some highlights in four and five for sure, but damn, Behemoth. I'm still kind of iffy on this one. It's like I like it, but it is this weird scale because it feels like, you know, not not like a big team battle map, almost too small for that, but it feels too big for regular Slayer. You know, I still feel like I'm having to run a bit before I see people. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just feels too open, too sparse at times. The design itself is cool. You know, you got the, um, the sort of... I don't know what to call them, the, the stairwells, I don't know, or not stairwells, but you know what I mean, on each side of the map, and you can go up those and get, um, depending on the mode you play, you know, you can get the spiker and uh, uh, stuff like that, so, or the sniper, you know, things like that, and that's really cool, you know, they got some opportunities for weaponry and stuff like that, um, and I, there are a lot of great moments, I mean, goddamn, you get someone in a banshee there, and then you get, you know, if you go under, like, right around the base, you know, you get someone around there, and you go down and grab a grapple shot, which I think is on each side. You're set. If you can stealthily wiggle your way around, you're going to get that Banshee in no time. So, it's a good map. Uh, not really for me, but, you know, it's okay. Breaker. I've only played this one, I think, two or three times. Not too much, so I don't have too much to say about this one, guys. But, 
it's fun. Uh, I like the banished aesthetic. It's nice to see you know different aesthetics in in the multiplayer maps. I always have loved that about Bungie's games. Um, Halo three, or I'm sorry, Halo four and fives were a little too UNSC focused. I think with one or two that kind of weren't, but um, it's nice to see um, some say the Halo stuff. You know, this one again feels like another map that takes place on say the Halo, and uh, I really appreciate stuff like that. Moving on to Catalyst. Catalyst is really growing on me, guys. Like, this is another one that has like a an epitome meets like a guardian, you know, because of the waterfalls and stuff like that, um, and, and just all the foliage that's kind of growing around the the station and stuff. Just super, super cool. Um, I played a lot of land grab on this one, and damn, does it get real competitive on this map. Super good. Uh, love the symmetricality again. Um, just a lot of good stuff about this one, and it it makes me hopeful uh, for what's to come for their future maps and stuff like that. I know Joe mentioned wanting to do future, you know, uh, you know, he wanted to do some remakes, whereas before, I think 343 were like, we're not really going to do that. Well, I'm so glad, and I can't wait to see what kind of remakes they come up with because these are so promising, you know, for what's to come. Next up is Deadlock. Uh, I love this. One of the first maps I ever played on. Uh, great big team battle map, you know, which, I mean, we don't really have much to go off on yet, but... It's just a really great map. I remember playing with some of you guys in the community uh, prior to the campaign release. Shout out to you guys. Um, just had a ton of fun on this one and stuff like that. Just running around, and I, I just have fond memories now of looking at everyone's names and uh, kind of seeing them. <laughs> you know, I'm taking it in as everyone's getting, like, creamed in battle. You know, I'm just standing there at spawn just kind of looking and seeing the seeing the names and everything. It was really cool. Fragmentation. This one's pretty cool. Um uh, I'm pretty sure I got to play this one on the flight. I can't even remember now. That feels like f- fucking four years ago or some shit. But um, I haven't played this one in ages. I kind of suck on this one. But I love the nooks and crannies this one has. A great big team battle for that. I mean, if you're someone who wants to play stealthy, you have so many opportunities here at your disposal. Uh, just a real fun map. And it's got those damn, it's got those fucking doors. I love those triangular doors. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Good shit. Uh, high power. High Power is one of my least favorite maps. It's just kind of like there. It gives me like CE feels, which I really like about it. But otherwise, I don't really have much to say about that one for now. I mean, it's I've already kind of rambled enough, but it's it's cool. You know, it's there. And there's that one little gap where you can fall off. And I do that probably once every other time I play on it. <laughs> uh, launch Site. This was really fun when I was doing Team Fiesta. Uh, back during season one I had a ton of fun on this map I didn't think I was gonna like it this was another one I think Brian would probably agree had a nice uh well I won't say nice it had that same feel as behemoth where it feels almost too big or you know too small for big team battle but too big for team slayer interesting scale interesting scale but when I played team fiesta and everyone's spawning with different weapons it created some fun anarchy Still, I think it makes for a good BTB map, but not really Team Slayer. But uh, some great verticality on this one, for sure. Some great stealthy stealthy parts. Playing one flag, one flag CTF is incredibly tough, uh, but challenging. Uh, so I really uh, enjoyed for that. Live Fire, man, one of the first maps I played and not one of the best ones to play on. Like, in terms of its design, it's actually pretty solid, I feel like. Uh, playing Oddball on this is quite intense. But I just don't care for the design. I know it's a training ground, but I just, like, I just, uh, there's not much to it. I'm like, okay, (laughs) like, there's nothing pretty to really look at. But, hey, I mean, it's cool when you see the the test dummies out, you know, and stuff like that. And, like, right around where OS is and shit like that. Um, 
you know, and there's that little underneath area. You know, it's trying to play land grab on that. It's another tough one because there's always that base down there. Like when I've been down there, sometimes people are throwing grenades from above and just blowing me to hell. So uh, it's it's a good map. You know, I don't mind playing on it, but uh, aesthetically it just doesn't do too much. Recharge. This is a good favorite. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really see many people complain about this one for good reason. Uh, it's super fun. Uh, I, I just love the high point. There's that vantage point where it spawns the BR. You guys know what I'm talking about in that tower. And I go up there as much as I can, you know. And I've had so many times where I can go on a tear because no one else is really doing it. And then I get someone that attacks me from behind because I was in scope. I wasn't focused on my uh, on my minimap. So... You know, it's, it's a really good map for that type of stuff. If you're someone who wants to control power points, choke points, um, that's a really great one because there's a lot of great, you know, you got like three vantage points in this one and you got that dead zone down in the middle where OS spawns, you know, and you got that side axis area. I don't know the, I don't even know what to call it, but the, but it's just really, really cool. And then you got that one back area that's got the sword that spawns back there. So it's a relatively small map, but it's actually got a lot of nooks and crannies for it, which I really appreciate. Uh, streets i love streets you know that's the last one for multiplayer but um i love the aesthetic you know it's got that odst kind of uh, new mombasa feel at night which is really appreciated um i love when the rocket you know the rocket spawning in the middle always creates another choke moment where you know other players are going to want to go for it so it makes you want to go for it and it creates this contesting battle you know and you either lose and they get the drop, or you win, and you get the advantage, and it's just a great way to kind of kick off the match, I think, and I love that about this one so much. I always love when there's that push and pull. It's something I really appreciated about Halo 5, and you get it in moments like this because it's just so obvious that there's a big weapon there that you're going to want to get, so I really appreciate that. Um, great great one for any mode, really. I've had uh, I've had fun in, with every single mode I played. Probably the least oddball, because some people go in that one little room, and they try to sit in there, but um, it's still still hell of a blast so yeah guys my thoughts overall on the multiplayer uh super fun really really like it and uh really happy where it's at um you know i think it can only get better as it grows but as it as it kind of launched and everything it's real fun to play and i think most people agree and i think that's where the frustration is which leads me into the next topic which i'm going to try to zoom through pretty fast zoom 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 uh the current state guys you know, it's pretty okay. <laughs> you know, uh, I feel bad for people that are really frustrated with the game state. A lot of, you know, you've had some people that are moving on, some people that are sticking around. I've never needed um, to earn shit to have fun in Halo. Uh, I, I played Halo 2, like, so much, and I never needed to earn things. All that mattered was the rank, you know, and all that mattered to me outside of the rank was just getting better, actually feeling myself improve. And getting to stay in post-game lobby shit-talking somebody or trying to shit-talk them after getting worked, you know? So I don't really need all this stuff. It's nice to have. It's not like I don't want to have it. It's great incentives. But, you know, I just really like the gameplay at the end of the day. Um, so it's hard for me to kind of vibe with everyone else who's upset with the slow release turnout. But I'm an older gamer. I just I remember what it was like to play Halo 2 offline. You know, I didn't really get Xbox Live until 2006. And even prior to then, getting the multiplayer map pack on disc was an experience that I'd never had before, where a game had, like, post-release content. That was, that was like, DLC for me before DLC, which it was DLC for Xbox Live people. But I'm just saying, as someone who didn't have that, you know, I never really had something like that before. So even just getting new maps was a blessing, you know, regardless of the wait time. 
I wasn't thinking about, oh, it's been two years since the game came out, that, oh, I get this map pack and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, I know people are frustrated, so I try to let those people have that space in that platform, and I don't want to, like, argue against them because it just creates vitriol, but um, all good things in time. And, you know, to most of those people, I say, you guys were super excited when they released that shit early. You wanted the multiplayer early. You got it. But I think it really goes to show that, like, Man, they really didn't have much for it post, and they probably shouldn't have released it. I still think Halo Infinite probably should have released this year, but that's just me, and I'm not trying to poo-poo on anyone who feels otherwise. The last thing I want to say before I get out of here, guys, is that uh, just in terms of what to come, what's to come next with this game, I mean, I, I don't really know. I, wanna, I think they're just going to really double down on first getting Forge and Co-op out just to really fulfill out the whole package as we would come to expect. Obviously adding in a couple new maps. Probably a couple new modes, maybe. But uh, I'd really love to see Firefight return. You know, I'd really... Obviously, I want. I know we all want to get a tease at DLC. You know, some kind of, like, a story DLC, but I don't know if we're going to get that for a while. You know, I really think their hands are full enough as is. And I think people's expectations are honestly too high. They get too upset... You know, it's like the longer the, the delays go, the longer it takes to get to these seasons. People think, people get it in their heads that, like, they're using that time to add even more content or something. But it's like, no, they're trying to just get the bare minimum done. That's that's just a challenge for them right now. And I don't hate them for that. I mean, they're trying to do the best they can, you know. Maybe it was poorly managed. I don't know. I'm not there. But those people still working on the game are trying their damnedest to still make it fun and put on an experience. And all they get is vitriol on the internet. If I was working at 343 and I had to see that shit every day, I would not want to, I would not give a damn about what I was doing because people don't even seem grateful for what's there. Well, they get excited for a day or two and then they're like, yeah, yeah, and they bitch and moan. So, you know, I really feel for 343, but what's there is a great product, I think, and it's only going to get better, you know, and I'm just trying to focus on what it is rather than what it could have been, what it should be. And all these numerous, you know, rabbit holes that we can go down, guys. I mean, I think it's just a great product. The campaign is a ton of fun to play. The multiplayer is a great competitive experience. It's free to play. It's it's more now more than ever accessible to people. You know, you can play with people on PC even. You know, I mean, possibilities are really endless with where they take this. And I'm excited about the future. And I'm excited to explore more with these characters. So that's about it for me. That's about all I have to say. So I'm going to pass it over to my buddy, my pal, my friend, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for Brian, Brian, Brian. I miss my friend, Brian. Brian, what is up, buddy? How are you doing? Take us forward. Well, thanks for asking, Josh. I'm actually doing pretty good myself. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying this format uh, just as a one-off type episode, this isn't something we plan to do a lot, but man, guys, we tried so hard to get together last week, it just wasn't happening, and then this week we wanted to get together again, and it was looked like it wasn't going to happen again. We're like, there's no way we're going to leave these guys without an episode, so we decided we'd try this out. Thought it might be kind of neat, and you know, if it's like everything else, we thought it'd be cool, and it, and it, and it is cool, so hopefully this is cool for you guys, but uh, I haven't listened to what Josh had to say yet, so I'm not sure exactly what he touches on with Halo Infinite, but I will just share how I feel about it. Um, I'm just going to go right into something. I'm just going to jump right into something that I've been wanting to talk about. I'm just, so I'm just going to go right to that. But um, 
you know, leading up to the release of Halo Infinite, there was some like ideas of what I thought that game would be to the community. And to my surprise, I think I actually, I think I was kind of right about what I thought the game would be to the community. Um, and I, I, of course, I'm more referencing the campaign right now. I'm going to get into multiplayer as well, but you know, you guys know I, I the campaign is what really resonates with me more. Um, but I said beforehand that this game was going to be like Breath of the Wild. And, you know, that wasn't like a unique idea. That wasn't like I was the only one who thought that. But I do feel like it did kind of turn out to be what Breath of the Wild was. Because to me, I don't, know if, I don't know if you guys, you know, who's listening, who's played Breath of the Wild. But to me, as a longtime Zelda fan, Breath of the Wild came along. And it, it's so strange how Breath of the Wild kind of breathed new life into the series for me. And it, and it was something I really enjoyed. Like, I really loved Breath of the Wild when it came out. But it changed so much of what I love about the Zelda games. And in some ways, it failed on what Zelda usually offers. Like, it lacked in several ways. But the thing is, it made up for it in so many other ways that it kind of evened out. You know, because like when I... When I think about Zelda, the things I really care about are like really cool dungeons and really f fun bosses. And when I think about Breath of the Wild, and this is just my opinion, uh, Breath of the Wild has the worst dungeons in the entire series and the worst bosses in the entire series. If you've played Breath of the Wild, it's you know it's an open world game with little shrine puzzles you can figure out, and then there's these four main dungeons that are called Divine Beasts, and they're very quick to complete, and they all look very samey, and they're not that interesting. And so it kind of has the worst dungeons, and then the bosses are very repetitive. It's the same kind of boss repeated. You know, you don't have standouts like you have from, from Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, Wind Waker, Skyward Sword. It really just kind of purposely lays down the dungeons and the bosses on like a sacrificial stone tablet and says, these things are what we're going to sacrifice to make everything else so sweet because Breath of the Wild comes in clutch when it comes to the world design, uh, like the exploration, the the combat, um, just the the moment to moment discovery of Breath of the Wild, the, the ability to go anywhere and do anything you want in any order, you know, it really it really excels there, and it, it, it makes for a very very special experience that I'll never forget. And Breath of the Wild, the game I'll continue to go back to. You've seen the scores for Breath of the Wild; people love that game. Um, it's some people's favorite Zelda. It's some people's least favorite Zelda. And for a lot of people, it's just one of the better ones. And for me, that's that's where I'm at. It's just one of the better Zelda games. Um, but I get why some people think it's the worst Zelda ever. And I get why some people think it's the best Zelda ever. And this is all on topic to Halo Infinite, guys. Just hang in there with me. Um, but if you're somebody who really just needs those dungeons and those bosses and that story to really make the game matter to you, you know, Breath of the Wild, in my opinion, just doesn't have those things to offer. So like, if that's like if that's your make or break... You know, that might be the worst Zelda game you've ever played because you're never going to play a Zelda game that's got worse dungeons and bosses than Breath of the Wild. But if you're somebody who just wants a great experience, someone who wants a game that gives them the feels, that it, it, it feels like something they haven't experienced before, you know, and that's enough. I feel like that's where people come out thinking it's potentially their favorite Zelda game because it is such a unique game with such unique experiences and it's, it's just a, it's a great game. And that's where I come in with Halo Infinite. You know, like Halo Infinite, to me, um, it it sacrifices the linear mission structure for interesting encounters. Um, it doesn't have levels, really, unless you count, of course, the first, you know, two missions. 
Um, it doesn't have levels, so it sacrifices the the variety of the different missions and the different way encounters can play out by having vastly different levels. You know, silent cartographer, beach, assault in the control room, this snowy area. Uh, you know, uh, Halo, where it's just regular greenery, kind of like the Pacific Northwest we got in Halo Infinite. So right off the bat, like I talked about, kind of like that stone tablet that Breath of the Wild sacrificed its dungeons and bosses on. Well, the, the Halo Infinite has a stone tablet too. It sacrifices the the variety of like levels and different biomes is what it sacrifices. And and to some extent, a little bit, and I'll come back around to this too. It sacrifices the story just a tad um, because the story has to play out through this one-shot camera all in this kind of open-world central area. You know, you, you don't have, like... It, it's very character-focused, too, right? Halo Infinite is very character-focused on, basically, Chief, the pilot, and the weapon. So you don't have these giant, like, Covenant-banished army, like, like Sky, like, you know, space battles. You don't have, like, a laundry list of characters on both sides since they kind of, for now put a lot of Halo's characters like Lasky, Palmer, Blue Team, Team Osiris, they put them in the back, they put them to the side for now. They, you know, a lot of characters like Arbiter and, and you know, other other characters that would make this a more galactic-spanning story have been put to the side for this one-shot character-focused thing. So this Halo Infinite Stone Tablet really is the variety of the levels and the biomes and the grandness of the story, let's say. So that's the sacrificial stone tablet for that game. And But what you have left with Halo Infinite is, to me, and this is all my opinion, I know some people are listening going, no, nah, I don't really agree with that, that doesn't really, that analogy doesn't line up for me, but this is how I feel. Halo Infinite has just amazing gameplay, sublime gameplay. It is the best gameplay of the entire series, bar none to me. And it's in an open world you know, a semi-open world that has, you know, banished bases, um, uh, uh, FOB capture points, and just different mountainous landscapes and areas that introduce constant uh, encounters with enemies that I love. And the enemy design is is perfect. You know, one, you know, one of the... I guess to take it off what I care about as much, let's go with general issues that the community has said for years. During Bungie's time, people were like, I don't want to fight the Flood. And I know there's some people here, including me and Josh, that love the Flood, but people are like, I don't want to fight the Flood. You know, I only like when I'm fighting Covenant. And then you get to Halo 4 and you get to Halo 5, and people are like, I don't want to fight the Prometheans. I only like when I'm fighting Covenant, you know? And regardless of how you feel, I understand somebody listening might say, Prometheans are my favorite. You know, uh, Flood are my favorite. They're my favorite thing to fight. Regardless of that, it's been pretty unified from the beginning that people enjoy fighting the Covenant. And every time something else has been introduced, there's been a decent size of, sizable chunk of people that say, I don't like fighting this other thing. Well, what Halo Infinite does is it just takes the best the series has to offer. The Brutes, the Elites, the Grunts, the Jackals, the Skirmishers, the Hunters. Um, and it it fine-tunes them. And it makes them so much fun to play against. it. And you have, so you have the best... Uh, slew of enemies, and the enemies are good from beginning to end. I never have to go, oh, I'm, I don't want to fight this. I don't want to fight this Promethean. I don't want to fight this Flood. It's it's the best the series has to offer enemies from the beginning right to the end. Uh, it never mixes that up, which is the fair point. That can be an issue where it's like, okay, I kind of like when Halo introduces something else and it mixes everything up. I do agree with that, but at the same time, it's just sublime gameplay and sublime enemy encounters 
and en- just enemy design, both artistically and the way they move and they react. It's all done so well here in Halo Infinite. So you have really, you know, it's where I think of like Breath of the Wild in Zelda. It's like the best, the best combat and the best world and the best moment-to-moment gameplay. Um, and it, it just offers this this grand experience even where it's lacking. Well, I kind of feel like that's how Halo Infinite is, right? When I start a new campaign, I start a new campaign on Halo Infinite, the gameplay is chef's kiss perfect. The moment-to-moment gameplay with with like enemy encounters and enemy design is perfect the the vehicles are fun to control the marines are fun to listen to to pick up to have them with you in in combat different combat scenarios to swarm a base with marines you just saved and um you know you have banished dropping from the sky and you know just different ships coming in it's like it's such a fun experience and i feel like it's very like it's all like brought down into a very basic experience in one sense where you have this entire area that's Pacific Northwest with with the banished bases and, and different UNSC stuff. And I know it looks, it's, you know, besides that and then the Forerunner structures themselves and the Forerunner interiors, that kind of consumes all that we have, right? We don't have the snow. We don't have the sand. We don't have going up into a banished ship, covenant ship, other than the beginning, first mission, which I think we should give credit to. Um, but it is basically that Pacific Northwest, that banished aesthetic, and that Forerunner aesthetic. Um, but I also feel like those were all done perfectly. The, the Pacific Northwest looks beautiful. It looks like Halo. The banished bases look great. They look like a more war-esque version of, of Covenant stuff. And then you have the Forerunner structures, which many, including myself, have said is the best or, or might be the best Forerunner structures have ever looked. When you're inside a Forerunner structure and it's huge and it's just got all this open space that's unneeded, like Halo Combat Evolve style, and it's filled with Covenant enemies, and there's like a hologram of the Guardian and stuff like that. It's just so good, you know? So like, it just feels like to me, with Halo Infinite, it's very much like Breath of the Wild. You have that that core, amazing, sublime gameplay, enemy design, enemy encounter, uh, beautiful landscapes, beautiful, just beautiful design overall. It's a very, it's a very strong foundation, a very well done game the graphics are beautiful the sound is beautiful the weapons are all great from top to bottom there's no weapons that i'm just like this weapon sucks i don't know why it's in the game they're all good the vehicles are all good the wasp really fills in that slot of like the unsc banshee um and then to top it off you know what does it add like what is like breath of the wild added like the best the best the exploration the series has ever seen it added thing like the things like the paraglider so you can glide off of the top of mountains and um you know the slow time mechanic you know breath of the wild added a couple of its own signature things that really made the game great well halo infinite to me and i've seen some people disagree but i mean i feel like it's i feel like universally most people agree with me and it i I don't want to sound opinionated but to me it's like no duh it's kind of obvious like best boss battles period in halo like it's not even close it's not even close and for someone like me who loves the bungee games and will always have the bungee games at the top of my list when i go to halo 3 and i fight 343 guilty spark and that little almost kind of a joke of a boss battle that halo that, that bungee gave us in halo 3 where i shoot him with the spartan laser and then i go to halo infinite and i fight the monitors in their like sentinel like cage that they have those the sentinel like monitor boss battles in halo infinite it's not even a comparison. It's just so much better in Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite's boss battles all around from top to bottom. You have elites, you have brutes, you have the sentinels through the main bosses, which are just so much fun to fight. 
and, and I just really enjoy them. They're the best boss battles. And then you also have like the side boss battles through extra missions where you go to a, uh, an, uh, like a banished base and they'll have a special boss there. That's not the same as like your main campaign boss, but it's still a really, you know, fun thing to do to go hunt out those targets and, and kill those bosses. And there's like a little thing you can blow up and it shows the text of like what that, like what that elite leader was or what that grunt was doing. And like, I just feel like the game, uh, it's just it's it's I kind of use this word in the last podcast I'm using it again but it's it's kind of distilled right it distills Halo down to its core elements and it excels at them all so great the gameplay the enemy design the world um, you know the the big you know the big things that it really sacrificed like I said the, like the sacrificial stone tablet it's really those diverse biomes those diverse levels the the special kind of big bombastic Jar Jar Binks bombastic uh, uh, bombastic Jar Jar Binks type of moments that you got in like halo 3 with like the arc and the frigate coming in and stuff like that you don't really have that as much that's kind of the stuff that's sacrificed like and i understand that stuff's missing i understand that that's a fair complaint but for me if i look at the halo series as a whole each halo game has something different to offer that the other one doesn't and for me what's so great about halo infinite is looking at that game like halo infinite doesn't have to be what halo 1 was what halo 3 was what halo 5 4 was it can be its own thing, and it's different, and it offers me a new experience that the other games don't offer, and that's what I find so refreshing about it. That's what I love so much about Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite is a game I can jump into, and I'm like, I'm going to explore Zeta Halo with my buddy the pilot and my buddy the weapon, and we're going to take out Banished, and we're going to like discover this whole endless thing and go through these Forerunner structures and just have a good time. And like for me, it's just such a great experience like i've played it through three or four times now and i just love that campaign i really enjoy halo infinite i feel like what they did was they distilled halo down to its core elements they nailed them all and got them right got them absolutely right nigh perfect and then they sacrificed some things you don't get those i mean i know i'm kind of repeating myself here but you don't yeah you don't get those levels you don't get those big moments you don't get the different biomes but the groundwork here has been laid for what is you know, has the potential to be the best Halo. You know, for people like me, it's probably never going to be the top because you have those nostalgic memories for the Bungie ones and or maybe four and five and, you know, things like that reach. Um, but the core elements are here and it, it made for a, a great campaign. And I love the interaction between the pilot and the weapon. I love the I loved the the banished slew of characters all the way from Tremonius up to Eshram. I loved the Harbinger. I, I, I would be interested to see more of the endless as time goes on um ultimately it was just very solid you know i've seen people say that the game the story's bland or not much happens and i get where they're coming from but i i, I don't just i don't think of it that harshly because i do think something happened i do think a story was told and i do think it was done well and it was done with restraint you know they 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 showed restraint in this campaign and delivered something very solid and honestly i'm just really happy that we have halo infinite's campaign as it is, I mean, to me, it's it's the best campaign overall um, since Reach, and that's you know that was 12 years ago. So uh, big win, big win um, in my mind. Um, I love how the chief was portrayed. Um, I know some people said they were bored, were like irritated with uh, Fernando Esparza, but that's just part of his character to me. I liked him, you know. I just I liked everything about this campaign. I, I thought it was great. Now for the multiplayer, you know, my comments about the about the gameplay are 
are the same. You know, the gameplay is sublime. They got that nailed. So that the gameplay of Halo Infinite's multiplayer is amazing. It feels so great to play it, to, to fight against other players. Um, obviously, the the big issues with Halo Infinite's multiplayer is everything that's missing. From the co-op and Forge that weren't there, to the theater that doesn't really work properly, um, to modes that we're used to having that aren't there, to playlists that are... Um, you know, missing that, that makes it harder to play specifically what you want. Um, a lot of that doesn't seem like it needs to be that way. Like some things like co-op and forge, I feel like they, they had to take the extra time to get it right, regardless of whether they should have delayed the game or not. The fact of the matter is it wasn't ready. So like co-op and forge, that stuff's coming, you know, theater needs to get fixed and the playlists and the, the playlist and the mode situation, I think needs to be, that seems like something less excusable to me because it's like, why couldn't they put out all the playlists and all of the the modes the game ha that Halos have had to offer. It feels like they're holding it back to give us the illusion of more content over time. So that's a real that's a real issue, I think, with Halo Infinite. That's a real thing that's worth criticizing. Um, but whenever I play Halo Infinite's multiplayer, I'm having a great time and I'm not upset. You know, I think the especially with the two added maps, I think we do have plenty of maps. I know some people will think that's crazy. They'll think Brian, there should be more maps in this. I think they've given us a really solid package at launch and they've already added two more. And even though the seasons are kind of slow, I feel like the map variety is actually good enough. Um, but yeah, the, the playlists and, and, and all that stuff, that, that, needs, to be, that needs to be worked on. Um, that doesn't seem like uh, a problem internally, more as like a purposeful, let's dole out the content with seasons and stuff to make this seem more interesting. I don't like that. But I do give them, you know, the, the developers themselves, I give them more of a pass on the on the co-op and the forge because they had to release this game. It wasn't their decision and these things need more time. So once the co-op is there, once the forge, I can't imagine how much fun Halo camp, Halo Infinite's campaign is going to be co-op guys. Seriously. Can you imagine that game is going to be so much fun? Um, but once the co-op's there and the forge is there, which we're, we're barreling down towards, um, and they can hopefully get more modes and playlists out as this game grows in time. Um, I think it's going to be more apparent that, how good it was, how good that core game was at launch, uh, it was always there, right? Like, even if people don't start to realize it till more contents come in, they're going to see, wow, like that base package was so well done. And, you know, I know there's tough times at 343 with a lot of people leaving, a lot of hiring going on. I'm sure it's not easy to get this thing out the door and, and get things done in a timely manner, but once it gets there, you know, I think there'll be less to complain about. And I know that's annoying when you hear people say like, oh, well, once it gets there, once it gets to be the game I want it to be, everything will be fine. Yeah, like that doesn't change how it is now. But the fact of the matter is, if you look at games like this, once they got to where they should be, very quickly, the people who bitched and complained either stop stop, or the amount of people who, who do bitch and complain gets so small that you it, it's relatively unnoticed, the people that are irritated. You don't, you don't hear people shouting out how bad No Man's Sky was still that often. Like, that's not a loud voice anymore because they fixed the game. They, they made it better. Sea of Thieves was very light on content. It got better. You know, these games have evolved and, and came into their own. So while I don't necessarily want... Well, it's not even not necessarily. Like, I legitimately just would have preferred... They launched a game at 60 bucks. They didn't have the free-to-play. They didn't have the microtransactions. Of course, I would prefer it another way. But I'm accepting of what it is, and I love what we got 
I do think that campaign's worth $60. I would defend that all day. I think it's absolutely worth $60. That is a people work so hard in that campaign and there's so much it's such a fun experience and it's so replayable like if you're anything like me you're gonna play Halo Infinite's campaign 10 20 30 40 50 times you know that's totally worth 60 bucks I hate when people say it's not I mean I know that's just my opinion but man I hate that um but I I just uh I just love the game guys like I really love Halo Infinite and to me even though I go through stages of not being in a Halo mood that happens quite often when I am in a Halo mood and I come back and I see that the freshest thing is Halo Infinite, like that's our current game, it brings me joy, it gets me excited, you know, like when I'd come back and it'd be Halo 5, yeah, I came to love Halo 5, but like Halo 5 wasn't really the place I wanted to rest in, like as my current Halo, like that, I was ready to move on from Halo 5, and when I come back to Halo Infinite, I'm not ready to move on from Halo Infinite, I'm excited to be there, I love Halo Infinite, I love the I love what they've given us. I just want more of it, you know? Like, people talk about wanting campaign DLCs, which, of course, I want those super bad as well, but who knows how long that's going to be, you know, before one of those come out, if at all. But I would love that. Um, but I don't know, guys. Like, there's two different ways to look at everything. I mean, there's more than there's more than two ways, but, like, there's two extremes, right? You can look at this as, I wanted more. I, I, I didn't like this little thing. I wish there was more of this. I wish there was more of that. Or you can look at it as, glass half full like this is what I got this is what I love and for me that's how I choose to look at it is glass half full you know I I have more halo now than I had before and I love this campaign I love the story I love the gameplay I love the multiplayer that's there even if there's more I'm expecting to come it looks beautiful I love the art style I love the music the music's so good the sound design everything about it it's just a great great experience I mean and the crazy thing is, what's so cool is, like, I, you know, me and Josh went over this so many times before um, the game came out. We went over, like, manage expectations, manage expectations, make sure you don't overhype yourself. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, Halo Infinite lived up to my hype. I managed my expectations, and it absolutely lived up to my hype. It didn't really surpass it, but it didn't come under it all either. It really just kind of came in right where I expected it to, which means it didn't let me down at all. And what's great about that is as time goes on, like now we're, you know, seven months past the game being out, I feel like I like it a little more. Like I feel like it's growing on me even more. And that's something I I love about Halo games is how I'm able to, or Halo games and media and just, I mean, media in general really is like with enough time, it can really grow on me. And Halo Infinite, it's it's really just continuing to grow on me. I'm loving that experience so much more. Um, so yeah, guys, I, I think... Um, I think it's still a really good time to be a Halo fan. You know, I know that's something people say a lot, but MCC is great. Halo Infinite's great in the fact that it's here and it's more than we had before. I understand it could be better. That'll come in time. Um, but I don't know. Playing Halo Infinite lately has just made me really uh, content with where we're at with the series. You know, I think they got us back to a good spot after some rocky times with Halo 5 and MCC's launch. And uh, I really wish that people would let off on the on the developers a little bit let off on the on 343 and just give them time you know they can't update us every every 12 hours you know they they'll come back when they have things to share and yeah things aren't the way you would prefer them to be they're not the way i would prefer them to be but they're still great overall i really feel they're great you know so um yeah I, that's where i'm at guys i think we gave the campaign or you know the, well the, not the campaign the game as a whole like an 8.5 back when we did a review and uh, honestly i you know, I stand by that 8.5, and, and sometimes I think to myself, man, it's, maybe it's better than that, but I stand by my 8.5. Um, here we are six, seven months later, and it's just, uh, 
it's just a wonderful experience. I, I love Halo, guys. And uh, and the thing is, like the show, the TV show, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take really any time to talk about that. But even though the show, you know, could have been better and, and had these problems and that problems, like for me, it was just exciting to have another medium to experience Halo in, and I had such a fun time with that, like watching the show. And it added to how much I'm into Halo right now, like how much I'm in, into just the franchise as a whole. I just got done playing Combat Evolved again. Now I want to go into Halo 2. I, I really want to play Halo Infinite another time, even though I just did that. Um, so I'm just really, it, it's 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 awesome. When I'm in a Halo mood, it feels great. And uh, I hope you guys are, are similar. I hope you guys are mostly content with where Halo stands right now. And I would love to hear, you know, uh, how Infinite's held up for you uh, all this time later. But uh, guys, that's pretty much my thoughts on Halo Infinite. I kind of feel bad now because Josh was like, let's go 30 minutes each. And I'm like, I might go longer, like 45 minutes. And then Josh ended up going like 45 minutes. And now I'm going to come in probably just over 30. But uh, yeah, guys, we want to make sure we got this episode out for you. Uh, We wanted to make sure you had something to listen to, to chew on. Let us know if this format was enjoyable a little bit. Like, you don't have to worry about letting us know it's good and then having a lot of episodes like this because we don't want to do episodes like this. We want to do me and Josh talking like normal. But if this is something that you guys uh, found uh, enjoyable, this could be something we do extra or something we do for the patron or something we do on the side, like additional to our regular episodes. But also, if this kind of sucked and you're just like, I don't really get much out of listening to you guys when you're not back and forth, uh, tell us that too. We'll never do it again, you know? I mean, it's this is just a one-time thing for now, so... Really appreciate you guys. Um, I'm going to make this business spiel really, really quick. Then I'm going to go through the patrons, and I'm going to get us out of here like normal. Um, Guys, if you want to follow Josh, he actually changed his Twitter handle. He'll be proud of me if I get this right. He's at Jedi Knight Joshy on uh, Twitter. I am at Brian's Bane. If you want to follow Sacred Icon, we are at Sacred Icon Pod. Um, If you want to leave us an email or a voice clip, just send that to sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to join our Discord, come join the Discord. There's a link at the top of our Twitter page. Everyone's welcome. We'd love to talk to you. And lastly, if you guys want to uh, support us monetarily through Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash sacredicon. Leave as little as a dollar. Um, Get some benefits there. Go check that out. We appreciate you guys, even if you don't give. But if you do, uh, man, that's that's something sweet. That's something extra. We really appreciate that. It's uh, You guys have been supporting us on Patreon in amazing ways for quite some time now and you haven't let 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 us down so really appreciate that um also if you guys want to leave a review on itunes or wherever you can leave a review on the podcast we'll we'll read that off on here and even if you say something funny we'll read it off so look forward to that but guys here we go we're going to go into our patrons um i don't have i'm going to pretend like i have josh to bounce off of here but i don't sucks i can't sing the things that that he would normally sing so um we are going to go with Agira. Thank you so much for your support. Lisa McCreary. Thank you so much. Sparky's had him on the podcast. Love the dude. It's Yodi. Josh always says it wrong. He says it's Yodi, but I say it's Yodi because that's right. Next, we got Hocus Locust. It's the sequel to Hocus Pocus. It's even better. Then we have Dark Chaos 580, who is the hot topic overlord. He won. He is the darkest of them all. We got Blind Valkyrie, which we appreciate so much. We have William Green, which I know is a good dude because my pastor's last name is Green. We got Kevin Benson, who's on episode 99. We got Sacred Staple Albino. We have I Irving TV. We got I'm like a Jason Bird and I'm true. We got AJ's Dank, which, you know, doesn't smell too good, but luckily AJ himself, he smells great. We have uh, Fallout 152, the proper sequel to Fallout 76 that doesn't have any bugs. Josh, hit me up with the sound of Menadeus. 
This would be the part where Josh starts singing Menadeus and I start throwing my head around, but he's not here, so it's back to me. Next we have Ian Rucker Daruk. We have He's a Rebel, He's a Saint, Shin Rebel. And next we have Ascending from the Ashes, Born Anew, Irish Phoenix. Thank you so much, Irish Phoenix. We got not the cool shark, not the dope shark. We got the lame shark, but he's the coolest of them all. When I go to a wedding, I'm not doing the dab. I'm doing the dab. Thank you so much, dab. We got Kevin Nelson. He is one of the prime football players. I believe he plays the line watcher quarter nickel. Uh, It's a very, very specific uh, spot in the game. Uh, But speaking of football, every time I play against my dad in Madden, I call him Mulligan because he's better than me. So it's Eric Milligan. Thank you for reminding me about that. Appreciate you. We have the sexy mofo, Jared Hartley. Thank you so much for supporting us. We have our mods, Small Print TV, Aaron, and Preyanchu. Love you guys. Thank you so much. We got Cameron88 who says, when are we going to do well pistols in Halo Infinite? Is that ever coming in a future update? Sure hope so. Colton Pittman, he's running down the 50-yard line horizontally because he's not sure which direction the football game is played but that makes him unique thank you so much colton Pittman. next we have the original sacred staple it's rodan followed by butter my waffles always makes me want breakfast we have our buddy nerva david wyant thank you so much appreciate you we have acdc outlaw anthony uh this is the part where i tell josh to sing the acdc and he'd go back in black and get sack and all that stuff but i can't do it so appreciate you next we have descending from his butthole web it is caleb webster thank you so much caleb appreciate you next we got chris greco may go grab you see my greco it's chris greco josh says do it one more time i said it's chris greco my greco have you seen my greco it's chris greco boom there it is twice next we got our boy tony love him so much thank you for the support for that support we have the sequel to the worst Christopher Columbus film of all time, Pixels. It's Pixel Freaks, a much better film. We have our boy who is not the king. Not Well, he is the king grunt. Man, I screwed that up. Well, you're not the queen grunt, that's for sure. You're the king. Next we have, guys, I can't see anything. The world is darkened. It's because Ares0430 is standing above me with his mustache. Appreciate you. Next we got not the Phantom Menace, but the Montana Menace. After that, we have Green Plumber, who goes by another name that Josh would usually say. I'll, I'll leave it to him for next episode. Uh, but you know who should be here with me? Joshy Big Boy, because he's probably, you know, he's probably a lot bigger than Josh and could probably have a, a more manly voice. No, no, no. Josh is manly as it is. Next, we have the biggest NASCAR Thunder 2003 fan. It is Ryan Barca. Appreciate you. We have the best dad, not the newest dad, Dustin Mondre. We have Anthony Nicolosi from KO Qual Entertainment. Check him out. Corey Hanks, always willing to share his opinion. Let me know how you feel about Halo Infinite's campaign, Corey. I want to know if you're still feeling as great about it as you were when we talked back at launch. I would appreciate that. Next, we have Brent Onimo from Oni Nightwire Podcast himself. Thank you so much for your support, bro. Dropping in from that ODST Chili Drop Pod, it is MH Cosplay. Thank you. Appreciate you, bro. We got Ian Big Dog Mills, who is the eSports King. Followed by our spiciest meme lord, Botan. What's that? There's not a single woman left on Earth. Oh, that's because that's because someone. Oh, oh, who is it? Oh, oh, Trevor Polky is an astronaut, and he took with him every woman that likes him to space. Turns out it was every woman on the planet. Can't say I'm surprised. Next we have the OG Wandavision, the preferred option. It is the Shipleys. Thank you so much, guys. We have the original. Halo Podcaster, Dustorm. Thank you so much for supporting us for so long. And finally, our 
longest supporter, been here from the very beginning. It's the man who saw Justice League and knew it needed more. It is Matthew Salvatore. Thank you so much, everyone, for being a patron, for listening to our podcast, for leaving reviews. Guys, we love you so much. And if we didn't love you so much, we would have just took another week off. But we don't want to take another week off. We want to be here. But Josh and I just couldn't get that schedule aligned, so we gave you this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, guys, thank you so much. We love you. And just thank you for listening to the Sacred Icon Podcast. And as always, keep it sacred.